0: The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world.
2: Well, across the world on the internet at show.com and around the state of Alaska. On this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Hello, my pretties. Good morning and welcome to It Hump Day. Middle of the week. Oh, baby. it's You could see Friday from... You could... You could smell Friday from here. Smells like gunpowder and happiness. That's what it's all about. Welcome to the program and uh thanks for coming in and joining us. It is the Michael Duke show. Um uh what have we got uh what have we got today uh on the uh agenda? Well, it's uh it's you know, good news, bad news. The bad news is is that uh Mike Shower is unavailable this morning. Um, unfortunately, we were hoping to have him on for the shower hour of power, which will probably have to happen sometime uh, next week instead of this week. Uh, but the good news is <clears throat> we've got a suitable replacement in the form of State Senator Shelley Hughes, who will be joining us this morning an hour two, to uh, go over and discuss with us what exactly happened with the formation of the um, uh, with the formation of the Senate bipartisan majority. What exactly went down from their perspective, and uh, what is it that they, being the unofficial minority, uh, the three musketeers of uh, Shower um, Hughes? And Myers what did they offer uh, in the formation of this what did they try to do what what did they try to pull together and what was the reaction from the folks there uh, in the Senate and we're going to talk with Shelly Hughes about that get the full rundown and um, have that a uh, discussion all of it uh, in our uh, two uh, this morning uh, so that's the uh, that's the plan the the plan, as we like to say here uh, on the old radio show um in hour two anyway, in hour one, but uh, we're going to kind of go over some of the headlines that are floating around the state, some of the things that I've seen that uh, caught my attention. and uh, we're also going to discuss the plan, the plan, uh, which is uh. Uh, What I like to call the, the, you know, we're going to figure out exactly what are we going to do over the next couple of years? What are we going to do until the next big election? Um, How are we going to deal with this? How are we going to get our, um, uh, you know, our viewpoint to be heard by a group of people who seem just immune to common sense? who just seem immune to the idea that we should live within our means, that government should not be the end all be all of every decision and every discussion. And that we, you know, that we would like to have, please, sir, please, if it pleases the crown, could we please follow the law and give us our full of I mean, that's kind of where we're going. Um, that's uh, so So the question is, what is the plan? Um, I don't know. That's why I'm talking to you. Uh, I mean, I have some ideas. I have some thoughts. I'm, I'm wondering about this, but I don't have, um, you know, I, I don't have a full solution. Uh, the chat room is already sounding off on this this morning. Uh, Sandy says, here's the idea. The plan is stick together and quit eating our own. I think that that should be a huge component of it. Brian suggests that we all become ungovernable. <laughs> just become ungovernable. That's the plan, which I mean sounds delicious, but also uh, I guess counterproductive in the long run. I don't know. I don't know. But we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. And um, and yes, we're going to try and rule out the whole vote harder plan because that's obviously not working, especially under the current electoral uh, electoral system. It's just it's not. It's not working. Voting harder is because, well, because look, look at what happened. We had a voter turnout that was well below 2018. And in fact, um, I haven't seen the final numbers from Tuesday's, you know, from Tuesday's um, announcement. But previ- prior to that, it was literally the lowest voter turnout <laughs> proportionally since they started tracking this stuff. I mean, that just means that people are throwing their hands up in the air and saying, you know, I, I'm done. And they just wander off and they quit participating. And, I mean, I hate to say this, but, I mean, look, we are a representative form of government. We're a constitutional republic with a democratic-style voting system that's proportionally representational, which means it's a participatory sport, I love that word, participatory. It's a participatory sport. You have to participate. You can't just throw your hands up in the air and go, I'm just, I mean, you can, but you ought not to, right? You ought not to just throw your hands up and walk away. Um, You know, the the, the people feel like it doesn't matter. Some of that could have come from, uh, you know, some of the confusion or questions on, Uh, how the voting worked, or on previous experiences with voting irregularities or whatever. I mean, what, you know, again, whether it's true or not, perception is reality. People are worried. And so, yeah, we, we've got to, you know, we have got to say, but the eating your own part, I think that is huge. The eating your own part, I think is a big part of it. And we saw that. I mean, look at, again, just look at the formation of the, uh, just look at the formation of the Senate coalition. You have eight Republicans chastising and shunting to the side. Three other Republicans. We saw it during the, uh, during the election when the, the leadership councils, the, 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 the the party leadership councils gave money to, um, people who were running against incumbents that were very well liked by their by their constituencies, um, and and you know why why are we doing why this infighting? You know why why would <clears throat> you know Senator Peter Michikey, as the Senate President who had the power to direct some of this money, why would he spend a bunch of money uh, against Mike Shower? Could it be possibly that it's about personalities at that point? They just don't, you know, I just don't like him, so I'm going to try and get him out? You guys are supposed to be on the same team, right? We're supposed to be, well, but see, since there were only R's in the seat, now I get to pick my R. And uh, yada, yada, yada. It it, It is just exhausting to watch some of this stuff go on. And, you know, like I said, uh, like I've said in the past and like I said earlier, I mean, I think it's got to start being a question of whether or not is, is this really an R versus D scenario or should we be relabeling and rejiggering these, you know, these these contests to be really about more pro government spend versus less government spend? You know, government is the solution for everything, or government should be as small and as efficient as possible. I mean, I think these are viable, viable questions and concerns. So, <clears throat> ruminate on that for a bit, because I I want to get into it, and I want to open up the phone lines and uh, and talk with you about it. So uh, let's you know. Let's just plan on getting uh, all of those things put together and talking about it here in a few minutes. I'll make sure the phone lines are. I'll make sure the phone lines are up and running right now. And in fact, they they are. In fact, up and running right now. So we'll get into that here in just a minute. Meanwhile, a couple of the headlines that are going on around the state. Um, some of the big stories. Oh, we've already got somebody out. Somebody's been on hold for a while. Okay. All right. Well, we'll get to you here in just a second here, caller. You've been on hold long enough as it is. Just give me a minute here, and I want to get to my I wanna get to my headlines that I wanted to talk about this morning. Um the people in Stebbins, boy, I gotta tell you what, I feel bad for those folks. Not only did they get slammed by Typhoon Murbach back in September yesterday morning at about four AM. The only store in town caught fire and burned to the ground. The store and the fuel company that were next door were both a total loss, and so now there is no nearby options for purchasing necessities like food. Um, uh, St. Michael's, which is about eight miles away, is expecting a big shipment, and they're going to truck it over, and apparently they've turned the store, uh, or they've turned the laundromat into a temporary store. Or something, and so their their other groceries and supplies that are at Nome and Unalakleet um, are gonna be trucked over from St. Michael's once they get there. It's I mean, the hits just keep on a coming for these poor folks living out there in Stephens. So that that's I feel bad for them on that big big headache and big heartache for them. Um, Mayor Dave Bronson, for those of you who live in Anchorage. Mayor Dave Bronson has announced his budget vetoes to the expanded budget. Remember, the mayor produced a budget that was about $583 million that was delivered in October and said it was going to be about almost $5 million under the tax cap. It was still an overall increase of about 3% from the 2022 revised budget. Um, But the Assembly said, well, that's not quite enough. And they put another $3.6 million into the budget and passing what is essentially the largest budget in the history of Anchorage. Uh, so Bronson, he uh, he, he uh, vetoed a bunch of the stuff in there, including um, there was a lot of money <clears throat> for Brother Francis Shelters, for an expansion of Brother Francis Shelters. And yet the mayor continued to go through on all the various pieces and parts of that and said, the Brother Francis shelter. The management there has stated that it's going to stick with its 120-person capacity and is not able to increase the shelter services, which they gave them hundreds of thousands of dollars for. They they put together a package that would be. I mean, again, just what I see right here, almost 1.1 million dollars that they are uh, uh, that they are giving to Brother Francis shelters for expansion, and, and Brother Francis has kept saying, "Well, we're not." We're, the organization has expressly stated that they're committed to sticking to their 120 co- client capacity for the foreseeable future. Um, anyway, the mayor is, I'm sure, uh, going to receive some pushback on this, and more than likely will probably, uh, they will try to override some of these votes. But he's trying to do what he can for the citizens in Anchorage. Um, the The, again, the... <laughs> Largest budget in history st- and, and just never, never satisfied. Government is the answer, my friends. Government is the answer. And then I saw this story out of uh, Seward, which caught my attention. The city, of, uh, city Council of Seward voted Monday to postpone an approval of limits on short-term rentals. Now, this is all put together by the Seward Planning and Zoning Commission. And I'll be straightforward and honest. Planning and zoning commissions are not my favorite group of folks. Why? Because I think they have a huge propensity to violate uh, people's private property rights. Uh, I saw it in Fairbanks. I saw, I fought, <clears throat> I fought very hard to have um, property rights grandfathered in for many different types of uh, of uh, businesses and properties, uh, including general use properties. Uh, And I'm seeing it being weaponized uh, and not allowing people to be able to do essentially anything, you know, with their property, as long as they're not hurting somebody else, you know, doing something with their property. So this story caught my eye. The legislation that was considered on Monday would prohibit new uses of entire houses as rentals in residential zones require short-term rental insurance, and implement fees associated with individual short-term rental units. And this is due in part to the rise of things like VRBO and Airbnb and other things where people were renting out facilities uh, or or houses that they didn't have a need for um, and were making a little money. Um, And this really, bureaucrats really don't like this. Uh, for a couple reasons. One, in a lot of cases, it circumvents the whole bed tax thing and they don't get, uh, you know, they don't get the revenue that they need. They see it as upsetting their master plan for, uh, you know, city planners, that they, 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 those guys, like they could actually plan a free market city um, and everything else. In the long run, and I'm going to short, I'm going to too long, don't read it here for you. Essentially, in the long run, the council mem- members ultimately voted to postpone the legislation. And they're going to hold a joint special meeting with the city's planning and zoning commission to further discuss it. Here's my suggestion. And this this story is in the Peninsula Clarion. You can go read it if you'd like in its entirety because it's a very interesting story. And I don't want to – I'm coming up on the break here. Um, But the long and the short of it is this. People should be free to do with their private property what they want to do. They are already having to pay taxes to the crown. To be able to exist in a place that they supposedly own And now you want to come in and restrict their uses I'm not talking about people building a nuclear reactor in their backyard Or you know, having pig farm or something like that in an area that's not zoned own I'm talking about somebody who wants to rent out a bedroom for a weekend Or for a whole summer, or for a whole year It's really none of your damn business as long as they're not throwing wild parties on the streets, blocking up all the prop, you know, the, the parking, keeping everybody up in the neighborhood, I don't see why this is a big deal. Leave people alone. Get out of their way. Get out of the way of people. If they're paying their property taxes and doing everything else, you should shut your pie hole. As you can tell, this is something I'm a little passionate about. Uh, my suggestion is get out of the way. And stop letting those planners in there like they're going to plant. You cannot plan human nature in that regard. City planning is a... Uh... All right, uh, got to go. we got one call on hold, and I apologize, caller. I know you've been on hold for a while, but you're going to have to wait till the other side. We're going to come back, and you'll start first with, I guess, the plan. I had some other headlines, but no. We're going to be back. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. our light, our guide and our trusted friend. Okay. Uh, we are in the break right now. Let me go over to um let me go over to the phones and get this caller's name and where they're calling from so that we're all on the same sheet of music. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
3: Good morning, Uh, Mike. Uh, My name is John. I'm in Fairbanks, but I'm from Seward, and I can't agree more with what you just said. Uh, All
2: right, well, hold on, on, John. Hold on, John. I know you've been on hold, and I appreciate it, but hold the line. I want to talk to you on the air, So, uh, where it's just me and you and 50 50 folks on Facebook right now. We're not back on the radio yet. So I'm going to place you back on hold. And as soon as we come back uh, onto the air, you'll be the first thing that we that we do. Okay, we're going to talk to you first, so you can uh, you can restart that here in just a minute. So hold the line, John. I've got you. Uh, I've got you uh, loaded in. Um, first of all, I have to question your sanity moving from Seward to Fairbanks, but other than that, we're ready to talk to you. Uh, <laughs> it was Fairbanks. I mean, you know. Um, all right, let me go back up here uh and see what you guys are having to say good morning burr yeah no it is uh my daughter is still not put my curtains back up on my window here in the back of my studio and the air is just pouring off the window over my desk and so i don't know if you can hear it but i got my heater running underneath the desk today because it is uh it is chilly, burr here and in fact it's getting almost too hot i gotta turn the turn the heater down a little bit uh there we go we'll do that okay So hopefully that'll still keep us warm without uh, without burning us up. But yeah, definitely, definitely a little chill today. Um, Many of those that run for office are on an ego trip, so that is the reason why we see have we many times have two R's running against one D. No sacrifice for the good of all. Well, that's the thing. I mean, Democrats are very good at the kumbaya communal. Uh, we're all a village kind of thing where they they are they're they're very good at that, and we as rugged individualists on kind of the uh, conservative side of the fence. Um, I mean, we just we don't always play well with others, and we believe that somehow, you know, yeah, we we can't take a look back and go, what is the overall best thing here that could happen, anyway. Um. Uh, Uh, Republican party doesn't put forth any viable conservative candidates in Alaska. That's also partially true. Um, Luke says, I say tax people who don't qualify for the PFD and work in the state, the way of all the seasonal, that way all the seasonal workers make a contribution. I think you'd find that that would be uh, challenged legally. I don't think that that would be a viable thing to happen. Um, let's go over here. What else we got here? Uh, interesting to see in the news, the people in China protesting over COVID. Yeah, I know. Can you believe it? Um, this is how you get kill dozer says Chris on YouTube kill dozer. For those of you who don't know, is people, somebody who was pushed to the breaking point over their private property rights, pushed to the breaking point over their private property rights. That's 100% 100 true right there. Um, All right. Um, Well, this says I have a minute left, and this says I have 30 seconds. Which one do I believe? Which one do I believe? Well, I believe this one because that one can't possibly be right. Um, Who on the zoning committee owns a hotel, says Jason. That's the thing. I mean, these planners, I just, oof. How to find a pig farm? Go east until you smell it, and south until you step in it. <laughs> <coughs> all right. Um. All right. That's uh, that's the that's the full rundown. Okay, we are about um, fifty seconds out from rejoining the radio. We do have John on the line, and we're going to talk uh, with him. First things first. And then we're going to see what else you guys have to say. I guess that means I should turn the phone lines on and or show the phone number and do all that stuff. As we get ready to do it, the Michael Duke show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Share the show. Like this video. Here we go. Let's get it done. Shall we? We shall. Seven seconds. All right, welcome back to the program. We're continuing now on this, uh, on this. Uh... I'm so... <laughs> Sorry, uh, Continuing now on this beautiful Wednesday. I had another timer going and it just started dinging off. Uh, we're ready to go out. Let's jump back over to the phones. John is in Fairbanks and he's been, uh, been uh, waiting for quite a while. So we appreciate him uh, joining us this morning. Uh, John is in Fairbanks, but apparently for, originally from Seward. John, what's on your mind this morning? Uh, what would you like to talk about?
3: Yeah, good morning, Mike. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more with you on the, the situation in Seward. Uh, and, and I said the same thing to, to, uh, Randy Wells, who's one of the council members. Uh, there, there's no, pl- there's no apartments available. There's nowhere to rent in Seward. And it's funny because uh, one—I won't say her name—but one of the ladies on the planning and zoning commission uh, has the only one of the only apartment complexes in uh, uh, a Seward, and uh, there's just—you can't find a single place to rent. There, there, you might be hard pressed to find one
2: apartment or two, or maybe a trailer, but there's nothing else. Yeah. Well, this is a common problem in many areas. Uh, you know, Homer's experiencing the same thing. There are many areas where um, the 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 housing, you know, you keep hearing about it, the housing crisis, the housing crisis. You know, a lot of this housing, whether even in places like San Francisco and things like that, you know, a lot of this crunch comes from the fact that the government intervenes at every opportunity when somebody wants to build something. And and that is part of the problem. Get out of the way. I'm not talking about letting people put up a five-story ramshackle thing that's going to collapse and kill everybody. But I'm saying when people have their property and they pay their taxes and they do all the other things and file the permits, and, and let them be. Leave them alone. You know, give people the opportunity to build and folks will come. Like you said, there is a huge demand.
3: Well, I agree. And. You know, in Seward, there's there's nothing there to buy. You can't even buy a stick of wood in Seward. You can't buy a sheet of plywood. So, but anyway, uh, Mike, I wanted to to, to uh, change the subject a little bit. Uh, I drive long haul, uh, and I I just come in uh, this morning, and I I wanted just some share something with Fairbanks. kind of crazy news, but uh, you would have thought there was a circus going on at Coldfoot. Uh, uh, evidently, I don't know if it was a state trooper, helicopter, or Alyeska Pipeline helicopter, or a survey, but uh, they somebody recently landed a Bell Jet Ranger uh, there up on the, the Koyukuk River. Uh, and you can Google this. It's Koyukuk Mining District Monster, but they got a video of a 15-foot Sasquatch, and it's on the move. And, I mean, it's massive. It, it dwarfs that helicopter, um, and you know, and, and everybody knows about it, but the news, they don't talk about it, and nobody knows why. But, uh, it, it, you know, and uh, it's just something that I, I thought maybe I'd like to share with the people and, and you know, to give them something to think about today. But that, that's about all. Mike, did did uh, you say they have a video uh, of it? Is everybody that what you said? drive safe and uh, have, a, have a good holiday.
2: John, did you say they have a video of it now? Is that what you said?
3: Yeah, there's a, a, a minute and 15. There's two There's two videos, one that shows a, a still shot of it and a and seven seconds, and then there's another one. I think it's about a... a a minute and 15 but they were 6:50 a.m. and radio in Anchorage uh, they were talking about it uh, a couple days ago and mm-hmm. uh, Somebody called down from Prudhoe and but but anyway, yeah, it's crazy It's you know things are like Jesus said in the end days uh, all these things will be revealed and you know of course we're seeing it in down in Washington DC and and it just cr- crazy, uh, times that we're having that. That's all.
2: All right, John. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. I mean, I love me a good monster hunt as much as the next guy. And I know Alaska is supposed to have a lot of, Oh uh, boy. A I'll lot never,
3: lot of, I'll of... never go in the woods up there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I
3: pe- there've been people disappearing up there, but yeah, look up Koyakuk. Mining district monster. But okay. anyway, uh, thank you, Mike.
2: All right. I appreciate it. Thank you for uh, calling, uh, uh for calling uh for calling in and joining us uh we'll uh, we'll see what we you can find you. out about that. Appreciate it. Thank you for calling in. Um all right. Uh 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150 this morning. We might as well dive into the plan um and start talking about how we handle this. Now, first and foremost, uh, I'm going to say that uh, the first thing we don't do is we don't just throw up our hands and walk away. Um, you know, you you can't. It, it's like I said. One of my favorite verses uh, of scripture is, you know, you don't grow weary in well doing, and and I I believe that you've got to keep trying. You've got just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. Just keep swimming. You got to just keep trying your best. On the other hand, the other thing I don't think we need to do is, as Chris is like to say in the chat room, we don't need to vote harder. We don't need to vote harder. Because it's obviously not, you know, the, and that's a joking thing to say, just, you know, go out there. The problem is, is that even though we may be trying encouraging people to vote, there's more and more people who are, again, throwing their hands up. Now, the question is, is that due in part to the fact uh, that the polarization uh, in this country is so uh, brutal that uh, people just don't know what to do with it? I mean, is that is that part of the problem? Is that the that the uh, the you know this polarization is just basically turned people completely off from that? Yes, I mean, I think that's definitely a component of it. What does it mean in the long run, though? What does it mean for everybody in the long run? We just, we just can't keep, we just can't keep trying to, uh, you know, to to. We we can't stop. Is essentially what I'm saying in the long run. We just cannot stop. Um, in, in that regard. So we know that, so we, we, we've got to stay engaged. We can't just throw up our hands. We know that part of it is the polarization of everything that's happening and going on. We understand that. How do we fix it? How do we, how do we make that better? I don't know. I wish, I mean, I wish, I wish oh I wish that I had an answer for you on that. So I'm looking for your thoughts on this as well. I want to hear what you have to say and I want to you know you tell me what do you think what what do you think besides not throwing in the towel? Um I mean I threw the idea around earlier last week that um I threw the idea around earlier last week that maybe we should uh Maybe we should talk about uh, taxes. Maybe that should be the answer for what we have. Maybe that's what we should be moving on to. I don't, I just, I don't know. And that's, I guess that's the most frustrating thing for me is that I don't have an idea of how to fix this. Uh, Other than stay the course. Stay true to our, you know. Stay true to our um, roots of smaller government. You know, keep talking about that. Keep bringing, you know, keep bringing people into the equation, um, and and keep trying to educate people, but also not being the not being a polarizing figure. That's one thing that I will say. You know, if somebody doesn't agree with you, make sure that you're not the one. That's uh, make sure that you're not the one that's tearing them down. Right. Don't be that polarizing figure. That's what I'm trying to say. But other than that, I mean, I don't have a real. So I know that's what I'm supposed to do, right? Well, you're supposed to have the solution, Mike. You're supposed to go on the air and already have the solution and explain it to everybody. I'm at a loss, quite honestly. I mean, I'm still in shock over. I'm still in shock over what happened during this election, that some of the people that got elected, especially uh, in places that, you know, I I mean, again, I'm not trying to pick on you guys down on the peninsula, but I'm just wondering what the actual hell went on down there. You guys are supposed to be one of the reddest places in the state and your two conservative candidates got kicked to the curb. By. I mean. I mean. So, I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't know at this point, but it is a, uh, I do know that it's a hot, 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 hot mess. So, you know, where do we, where do we go from here? I would, I really would love to have your thoughts on, on what we do. Where do we go from here? How do we do it? What, what, you know, what is, what should be the plan? And like I said, I mean, I have some thoughts on it, but it mostly revolves around keep on keeping on. Keep calm and keep going. I mean, just you know, that's it. Keep going. Um, like I said, I threw the idea around last week that maybe we should just embrace a flat tax and surprise everybody with it. I don't think that's gonna work. Um, but I can tell you right now that what is going to happen here in the next um in the next couple of years is that they're going to basically consume all of the PFD. And then we'll be right back where we started Only this time They will be talking about taxes That's what's going to happen Alright, I got two lines on hold um, And I just looked up And uh, folks, I gotta—I actually have to take a break um, So you two lines on hold You stand right there Don't go anywhere I'm going to get your name and where you're calling from During the commercial break And we're going to come back to you here In just a second the Michael Duke Show continues. You're home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. we return with more right after this with your phone calls. Don't go anywhere.
0: We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on, on, the, on, the, on the, the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and Oh uh,
2: Man, GCI strikes again. I saw that I dropped off for a lot of you. Um, uh, please check to ensure the Facebook streams. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay, uh, hold on a second here. Uh, I just want to make sure... Um, you're about to view a broadcast on Facebook, uh, blah blah blah, and hopefully we are up and running. Um, it looks like it looks like the looks like that we are up and running. Okay, so I you know I got an I got an error when everything rejoined. I got an error on Facebook. What free market freedom? Unfortunately, people have forgotten how that works. Yes. Yes, Michael, you are not uh, you are not incorrect on that. Let's go over to the phones here and see who's on the line and get their name and where they're calling from and we'll start off uh, over here um, right now. Good morning caller, who's this and where are you calling from?
1: This is Bonnie in North Pole.
2: Okay, Bonnie, you hold the line, my dear, and you will be first up in the queue. We'll be talking to Bonnie here in just in just a minute. Uh, Let me get caught up in the chat room. Facebook is messing up. Hey, YouTube is stable. Yeah, exactly. Um, Morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, Apparently, everybody uh, switched to MTA, says Terry. I had MTA to begin with, and I will tell you, as much as I dislike GCI, MTA was worse. Twitch is working fine. (laughs) Yeah, the Facebook is up and running. Uh, my dad just rejoined, and uh, and uh, he's back on there. And I see Jack's on there, and I see Chris is on there. So yeah, <clears throat> I I you know I, I really don't know I don't really don't know what happened. Uh, other than, um, GCI struck again, just arbitrarily out of the blue. Boom. Have a nice day. You are now, you are now disconnected from. From the, uh, from the servers. Um, oh, is it not even showing it at all right now? Well, I guess that means that everybody's going to have to, uh, I guess that means that everybody is going to have to, uh, um, why is it not showing it? Okay. Well, whatever. If you're still on Facebook, um, then, uh. Do it to it. How can it? We have tried streaming to Facebook as possible. The stream is entered. Delete the Facebook. Keep trying. To let you know if it's resolved. Please check Facebook to ensure the stream looks okay. Uh, try creating a new broadcast or just remove this destination and then re-add it. Uh, I can remove this destination and then re-add it. Okay, we'll try that. Um, <laughs> we'll try that. Like we'll add it again. Save changes. You can add it midstream. That's amazing. That is amazing. Facebook is back up. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Facebook is back. You can add it midstream. I had no idea. I had no idea that you could actually do that. That is amazing. See, sometimes you learn new things. Through adversity comes new things. It's It's amazing. Facebook is back up. So have a, have a, there you go. Have a, have a good day. Um, all right. So Bonnie's on the line. We're back, says Chris. Yeah. I don't know. I just discovered that I can actually end the stream and re and re add the stream in midstream with this other. Anyway, I know I shouldn't be excited about that for, but for my sake, I was excited about it. I thought I was going to have to stop anything. Um, one of the things I hate the most about the cold isn't the cold. Uh, is it's the fact that everything likes to break in the cold. It's true. I mean, as much as I love the people in Fairbanks, I am so glad I'm not there right now. Um, I mean, as much as I admire, as much as I admire all those folks. I just got no interest in trying to slog it out. I mean, Mother Nature always wins, right? I mean, it's like we're in a battle for Mother Nature. I'm never leaving. I'm never giving in. I'm always going to be here, no matter if it's 50, 60 below and I've got frostbite. And it doesn't matter. I'm going to fight it out. You're never going to win. I would much rather stay in the state of Alaska and be slightly warmer. This is about as cold as I want it to get. It is currently six below at my house. That's about as cold as I ever want it to get. In fact, I'd really rather it be in the ten, the 10s and teens again. Or, like, I mean, it could be down in Kodiak. They said, what was it, uh, Paul said yesterday from Kodiak, it's 33 degrees. Oh, thanks, Paul. Thanks for rubbing that in. I appreciate that. All right. <clears throat> um, Ugh! what a morning, says Tony. Yeah, it's been kind of all over the place, hasn't it? I'm still I'm still running everything off my laptop. That's the funniest part of this whole thing. It's actually going smoother than my regular desktop. It seems like. Although yesterday I spent a couple hours, I finally got my other computer to boot back up. We'll see if we can we'll see if we can keep it keep it rolling. All right, we gotta go. Uh, we're jumping back into it. Bonnie's on the line. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense. Liberty based. Free thinking radio. Like a chair. Like a chair. Here we go. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for coming in and joining us. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio broadcasting live across the state of Alaska. This is your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Bonnie is on the line in North Pole. Bonnie, what is on your mind?
1: Dukes. I know you live in the Banana Republic there.
2: The Banana Belt? I live in the Warm Belt of, yes, I do. I live in the subtropics of Alaska <laughs> here. It's only five below at my house. What is it, 30 below at your house?
1: I don't, I don't really care. I love Alaska, so I'm going to be here. Anyway, we're going to move on. Okay. We're going to talk about Alaska for Honest Elections.
2: Okay, Alaskans for Honest Elections. Who's that?
1: It's a group that's got in, getting together, and it's going to be a meeting at six o'clock tonight at the Roundup on Cushman. Okay. Be getting petitions to get rid of to get rid of ranked choice voting. Okay.
2: Well, that's great. Um so if
1: you would care to participate here in Fairbanks, North Pole, anywhere in the area, you need to come and see what we're going to be about. Okay. We'll put a period in it. And we're not going to talk about in the past. We're going to move on.
2: Right. Talk about moving forward. How do we repeal ranked choice voting? I would hope whoever's organizing this is also working with the other places around the state um, to do that as well. Because I think, you know, one of the dangers here is that there are already, I know there's already another petition to repeal ranked choice voting. And so I would hope That we're not duplicating efforts, you know, we don't have two or three different groups with two or three different language ballot languages that are trying to pull it all together. Hopefully, they're all working together and have the same language. Um, And like I said earlier, I think you could, you should have two or three petitions at once: one to remove rank choice voting, one to enshrine the PF, or one to to put a spending cap in, uh, and one for term limits. Um, I would love to. I mean, I would love to see that. I would love to see three and one, where everybody just signs one, then they sign two, then they sign three, and we're able to then go out and collect signatures to get them on the ballots. Um, I would love to. I would love to see that. But tonight at the roundup, six p.m.
1: Yeah, it's on Cushman.
2: Yep. The Roundups on Cushman. Yep. Roundups on South Cushman. There, right oh, across from it. Lithia.
1: Yes, or Nissan, Fairbanks
2: is. Nissan. I'm sorry, not Lithia, but Fairbanks Nissan. Okay. Uh,
1: no, where?
2: Yeah, it's right there on 28th. It's 28th and Cushman. That's exactly where they're at, the Roundup Steakhouse. <laughs> all
1: so, right. I'm going to put a period in all the crap that's been going on in the world, and I'm going to move on and talk about something positive. Just yeah.
2: look, just put the blinders on and look you forward. Have to
1: think positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you can't do anything about anything about anything. So when you're pointing at your finger at somebody else, the finger always points back at you and what can you do about it? Right, right. I'm going to move on. I'm, I'm going to mind my own business.
2: You know that's that's I'm really some good to... ad, that's really some good advice, Bonnie. I mean, look forward, don't look back. I mean, yes, we could rehash every injury and every problem that's happened. How do we just let's just look forward? How do we fix what's going how do we do it going forward? I think that's a brilliant idea.
1: well, i I have to apologize. I'm gonna lose my use my tools of Al-Anon because that's uh, part of the tools that I use in my life because you can't do anything about what anybody else is doing even though they're, whatever you, they're doing you don't like
2: right? Yeah.
1: because you have to figure out what you're doing, going to be doing about it to make yourself happy so I'm going to move on and not talk about all the other good crap excuse me, that went on and uh, because um, I'm, I'm thinking we're going to do something positive because I, I love it here in Alaska so I'm going to move on and hoping that That'll be a positive thing. So I hope to see people tonight. I'll be there at six o'clock. So thank you, Michael Duke.
2: All right. Well, thank you, Bonnie. <laughs> appreciate it. Thank you for coming on board and uh, and joining us today. We appreciate that. All right. Uh, that leaves all four lines open, or five lines, or however many lines I have here. I don't know. I think one time I had six people on the line all at once. Uh, so I don't know what the limit is, but there's all the lines are open is what I'm trying to say. Nine oh seven. 433 3150. Rob Myers in the chat room just said only one group has submitted to the Division of Elections for removing ranked choice voting so far, Alaskans for Honest Elections. So it sounds like that's the group. So good, good. I just again, I I had heard about one. I know Sarah Palin signed one and I know somebody was talking down on the peninsula about putting something together. I just didn't want to have um I just didn't want to have, you know, uh, uh, multiple, like I said, duplication of effort. We didn't. Nobody needs that. Nobody needs that. So uh, we'll see what we can. Uh, we'll see what we can do. I encourage it. I mean, I will sign it. Somebody find I, I, somebody who knows somebody who's part of Alaskans for uh, Honest Elections. Have them give me a call. Let's talk about it. Let's uh, let's get it done. I'll have to go maybe go to the Division of Elections and see if there's a contact information for the group. And uh, and who can I help? Who can I help get the word out? That's what we – so that – I think as far as the plan goes, that should be part of it. Eliminating ranked choice voting uh, I think should be part of the plan. Um, and uh, I, I would love it. I would love to see it. Uh, so stay the course stop being divisive and polarizing meaning if somebody disagrees with you you don't rip them to shreds verbally right because that just you know you're trying to convince people even if you walk away and you haven't convinced them at least they should say boy they're that's really a nice guy that's really i don't agree with him at all but that's really a nice guy you know and yes let's eliminate ranked choice voting And, you know, let's get more people involved. Let's convince them that their vote does matter. I mean, look at this. Tom McKay's race, four-vote difference out of what, 5,000, 6,000 voters? Four votes. You can't tell me. Bart LeBond's race, not this time around, but last time around, was a one-vote difference. You cannot tell me that your vote doesn't count. Sorry, that's not how it works. Of course your vote counts. Let's see uh let's see who else is on the line here and uh we'll figure out where they're calling in from. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
4: Uh this is Brian calling me from uh, the exciting metropolis of the fishhook.
2: Oh, the fishhook, man. Is it cold out there today?
4: Not as bad as it was yesterday. I think it was about 7 when I rolled out of bed this morning.
2: Oh, okay. Not too bad. Not um, too bad.
4: Threw some logs, she some logs on the fire and started coffee and life was normal again. <laughs> hey, I just thought I would point out something. And I this okay. would be my admonition to every district chair, party chair across the state. that you need to stand, you need to have stamped with bold letters on your letterhead and make it a part of your loyalty oath when you stand to say the pledge of allegiance. They can't cheat if it ain't close and i think that it's time that we get past this constant oh we lost because they cheated or there was some sort of um election improprieties Uh, i am all in favor of cleaning up the election rolls and doing election integrity but to hang the totality of our movement of the uh the soul searching on they cheated ain't cutting it it just doesn't
2: it's self-defeating it doesn't
4: render well yeah, It's it, very self-defeating and it does it, not render itself or display well when you're trying to uh, elicit participation and con, and convince people um, of your way, uh, of your policies, of your platform. It, it's just time to get past that. and uh, yeah, I know that's going to piss off a lot of people yeah, in the chat room because it seems like that's the whole reason we lost. It isn't. The Republican Party had a crap message. They did very little. They're self-defeating. Yeah, I would agree. But to solely lay the blame, on the Republican Party is made up entirely, as far as I know, of volunteers. And for the more conservative, more limited government people, you ceded that ground to the party insiders. And if you want to take back the Republican Party, you're going to have to take it back one precinct, one meeting, one person at a time, and you're going to have to be willing to fight. And I keep hearing this, Admonition, we're gonna really get mad this time. Oh, you just wait. Oh, yeah, next time, everybody's gonna rise up. No, it hasn't happened. <laughs> that majority out there, the silent majority I keep hearing about, now, nah, I think it's a myth and, and yeah, nobody can prove to me otherwise.
2: I, I mean, I agree, Brian. I think that that's the, you know, this whole thing of the sleeping dragon and all this other kind of stuff. We just haven't seen it. You know, what people are happy about is that people are comfortable with conformity. They're comfortable with business as usual. And if we want to take back the party, you know, if we want And, and again, I'm not a Republican, but if, if the Republicans want to take back the party, then they need to step in there and actually do it and not focus on the path. I mean, what you're saying is a fancier way of saying what Bonnie said. Quit looking, put a period on it, put blinders on and look forward. How do we fix it moving forward? Amen. You know, and like you said, election yep. integrity, cleaning G-mails. the rolls, doing that kind of stuff. That's all fine. But quit looking back at the past and crying about the past because we can't fix it. You know, No, we've
4: proven that we've proven it's not flexible.
2: Yeah. Abs- I mean, look at the, yeah. I mean, you're, you're,
4: you're fighting an entrenched bureaucracy and hell atmosphere no fury like a bureaucrat
2: Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. Brian, hold the line for a second. We're coming up on the break. All right, folks, uh, we got Shelly Hughes coming up in just a second. The Michael Duke Show continues. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Uh, Brian, I wanted to give you a final bite at the apple here, buddy, because, uh, I mean, I think you're right. I think we have gotten lost in the past. We have got, you know, here's, here's what we've fallen into, the blame game oh, this would all been fine if back in yeah. 2020 something would have... It's a blame. Figure out what went wrong, figure out how to fix it, and move forward. Right? I mean, that's the thing. you got to analyze, yeah, retarget, right. reorient it, and reshoot. I mean, that's what you got to do.
4: Yep, yep, yep. And figure out what went wrong. Uh, don't make those same mistakes again and move forward one foot at a time and you know, to keep pinning it all on the past, you know, it's, yeah, exactly. It's, um, it's, it's, it it creates a death
2: spiral. Right. It's, I mean, it's a self-defeating, right? I mean, it's just a negative, negative feedback loop. You just keep going into it and into it and into it. And it doesn't matter. We can't, you can't, until somebody invents a time machine, you can't fix what went wrong back there. Sorry. And there you go.
4: Yeah. And really, if you if you, even the time machine, then be self defeating because you don't learn anything from it. Yeah. So learn, move forward, and, you know, don't exclude people from the process. Discourage people because you're going to go, what the heck are cheating anyway? Stick this on your masthead, stamp right. it on your forehead, and preach it to your children. They cannot cheat if it isn't close.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
4: All right. Thank you for your thank you for your service, sir.
2: Well, I appreciate it, Brian. Thanks for listening, and as always, uh, I appreciate your thoughts on this. It's good to know that there, uh, you know, folks out there giving this some thought, and uh, I appreciate that. Thanks for coming in. Um, all right, uh, we're ending it with Brian. Apparently, during that conversation, Facebook crashed again. I don't know if it's a Facebook problem. I don't know if it is a. Uh, I don't know if it's a Facebook problem. I don't know if it's a GCI problem. I don't know if it's a Michael Dukes problem. It could be any one of those things. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that for nothing. Yeah, it says that the video... Now it says the video has ended. It ran for 16 minutes and then crashed again. Damn. That's disheartening. Um, Let me try and I'll restart it. I'll restart it and we'll try it one more time. I... Don't know what to say. Okay, <clears throat> so I've restarted Facebook uh, yet again, and we'll see what uh, what's going on. Must be a Facebook issue, as far as I'm concerned. All right. Well, Shelly Hughes should be joining us here in just uh, um, in just a second. It hard, it's hard to weld a broken shaft. <laughs> um, do Republicans just want to fight or do they want to win? We need a cogent strategy, says Kevin. Uh, says Kevin McCabe By the way, Kevin, congratulations You and I haven't had a chance to talk since Tuesday So congratulations, my friend I'm glad to see that you're back in there I know that uh, you're girded for the fight I don't know what else to do Everybody should just come to Twitch We can pay to sub to you Says uh, uh, AK Steel Thank you Yeah, if you want to pay for a Twitch sub uh, That's great um, I'd love to see that I don't know Twitch is, Twitch is such an interesting platform um, and it's, uh, you know, I, I, mean, I, I threw it on there because I was looking for a third platform that was easy and viable. Um, but I think I'd rather have you guys go onto YouTube and just, uh, you know, everybody watch on YouTube and, um, and, uh, you know, subscribe and ring the bell there and do all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I could even put subscriptions on YouTube if you wanted to subscribe for extra content or extra videos or whatever. I I don't know. But nothing happens until you get 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. I mean, I got 4,000 followers on Facebook, but I can't get 1,000 subscribers on YouTube right now. So, I don't know. Maybe I should just advertise it. Maybe I should just buy some Facebook advertising. And say, come out and see me on YouTube. Elon Musk is taking down Facebook. Um. David says, I hate to see an effort to remove rank choice without some very, very serious strategy. It cannot be a limited effort. It needs a national group backing it or it will lose and we are toast forever. I agree. Um, and I know that there is some national momentum to try and do something like that. And I'm hoping that these Alaskans for Honest Elections uh, folks are courting some of those folks. So it's uh, it's it's crazy. Congrats to Kevin we need to find a way to support Kevin in this fight. is it true that you had to pay twenty eight thousand dollars of your own money to fight a bogus ethics complaint? I don't know if it was that much. I know that he did have to fight an ethics I'll let Kevin talk about it but I did I do know that there was some bogus BS going on out there um all right <clears throat> uh where are you Shelley? what are you doing? we confirmed um uh, joining question mark um all right we're about a minute a minute and a half out here and i'm waiting for shelly to jump into the uh um waiting for shelly to go jump into the thing 30000 dollars yet for this bogus ethics complaint and it's not even gone to court yet yeah lawfare that's what they call that lawfare uh which is the law warfare, you know, where people are using ethics complaints and other things as, as, you know, as crazy. Uh, she's cleaning out her office broom closet. <laughs> yes. Oh man. It's insane. Um, $30,000 and it hasn't even gone to court. Um, <clears throat> I do remember that Sarah Palin when she was fighting all those ethics complaints at one point uh I heard the number got floated over to me that they were seventy thousand dollars plus in legal fees at one point and that was not even that was not even at the end that was about two-thirds of the way through seventy thousand dollars in legal fees that they had to pay that's just insane just insane all right. <clears throat> We got to go. The Michael Dukes show. Common sense, liberty-based, free thinking radio.
0: Whoa, buddy. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the Michael Dukes Show.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world.
2: Across the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukesShow.com, where you'll find uh, links to the audio-only live stream, links to our social media sites where we simulcast the radio show on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, and, of course, links to the podcast, which is available, um, which is available on uh, CastBox, Stitcher, Tune in radio, uh, uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, and of course Spotify. Uh, that's the best way to do it. And of course, let's not forget, even with all those new fancy stuff, that we are broadcasting live on regular old terrestrial radio across the state of Alaska on this your favorite radio station and or FM translator. So, um hi and good morning to you. Want to remind you that this hour of the program being brought to you by your friends at Satellite West. Satellitewest.com is where you'll find them. And uh if you haven't gone out and checked them out, you should. No matter where you are, no matter where you go, there you are. And no, no matter where you go and there you are, there wherever there is is uh where Satellite West can give you connectivity to the rest of the world, whether it's phone calls or text messages emails or internet, it's uh it's all it's it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. They will keep you connected. Satellitewest at satellitewest.com. Thank you for sponsoring the program. We appreciate you being part of it today. Okay, well Shelly Hughes is supposed to be joining us. Um, um I sent her a text message this morning and she thumbs up it to, to me. So I don't know if she's just got behind the power curve here. Uh, oh, she's having technical, she just restarting. She's having technical difficulties. She was trying to, she was trying to join the, uh, broadcast this morning and she's having, uh, um, um, she's having some technical difficulties. Okay. Um, and, uh, so she's going to rejoin. She's going to join us here in just a hot second and we're going to be talking with her about what's going, um, 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 every go. Anyway, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll we'll see her in just a hot second. Uh in the last hour if you missed it, we were uh talking about the plan. That's what I'm calling it. I'm calling it cuz I am a I mean I am a namer. I can name things beautifully. What is the plan for us as smaller government conservatives, Republicans and libertarians alike? What I- you know what is it moving forward? What do we, what, what do we do? And I think at the base of the plan should be what Brian and Bonnie both talked about. Stop looking backwards. Stop being bitter about something that happened in the past. You know, whether you believe it's hundred percent true or not, whatever it was, stop looking in the past. Just look forward. Don't live in the past. Focus on what you want. Put the blinders on and go. I think that's important. Don't grow weary in well-doing. I think that's also another thing. Um <clears throat> anyway, uh, I think I think it's great. So I wanna I want to get down into that and uh, talk about those things. But but oh, I had something on my shirt. I didn't even know it. Let's uh let's go over and talk to Shelly Hughes, who joins us this morning uh, from an undisclosed secret location uh, to discuss, uh, all things politic. Good morning, Shelly. How are you doing?
5: Hey, good morning. Actually, I don't mind telling where I am. Well, I'm in Palmer.
2: That's fine. I mean, yeah, I just (laughs) got to say, good morning, undisclosed secretly. It sounded fancier when I said it that way. So it it is what it is. Uh, well, good morning. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Sorry for the technical difficulties. You know, sometimes we don't do the restarts as often as we used to do. I'm bad about turning things off and so we had to do a restart. So apologize. So, We're a couple minutes late.
2: Sometimes that happens. Sometimes that that happens. I'm just glad you made it here this morning to discuss things. All right, Shelly. Well, look, um, I, I again I don't want to rehash every battle or everything that went on, but I am interested because I know that um you and Shower and Myers, you know, the three of you specifically. Um, did try to work with the Republicans in the Senate and you attempted to, uh, organize. And so I kind of want, I, I don't want any mudslingings uh, per se. I just want to know exactly what was offered and what you were told and, you know, where we go from here, because I mean, you guys are, you know, you're, you're a minority, really you're, you're a minority of a minority because you can't even get the five to be able to get on the, any of the councils or the committees or anything else this is a tough deal. So I guess start us at the beginning and, and tell us, you know, as it all came down, what happened and how did you guys end up out in the cold, so to speak?
5: Okay. So we're going to, we'll do the, we'll rewind back seven years, but we'll do that seven years really, really fast. Okay. All right. <laughs> so for seven years, you know, uh, you guys have talked about plenty Walker vetoed the PFD. So for seven, seven different times, there was contention over the amount of the PFD. And some of us have stood strong on um, sticking with the uh, following the law. And we've also been all about limiting um, government spending as well. So those two things combined um, led us to a place where Republicans were divided and fractured so last year we did a little bit better as you know with the pfd and we uh supported all the key budget votes and the and and the budget itself interestingly um some of the people now in the bipartisan majority they voted against key budget votes which is really interesting because as the reports came out in the in the last uh week 10 days it indicated um, that we had not supported the budget, but right. actually there were key budget votes that um, various majority members voted against and including those that are now in leadership and co-chairs. So it's kind of kind of fun factoid there. So um, that occurs and there is conversation actually, while we're still in Juneau, we're hearing rumblings of a bipartisan coalition Back in March and April, May, so we know it's it's um, something being discussed heavily. So over the summer, um, one of the things I did is I would check in with our various Republican colleagues to discuss various uh, policies, not the PFD, but other policies around which we could coalesce, because frankly, there's some good ideas some of the bipartisan majority members have had where we could agree, and so we. Um, you know, talking about how as Republicans we should come around, um, you know, uh, other items other than the PFD. Then comes November 8th, and watching how the tallies are coming down on the screen, realizing who is getting elected. We kind of knew that there were five seats, Michael, that were pretty key to having a um, strong Republican majority that would be um, pretty conservative, you know, right. fairly conservative, not, not far, you know, off the edge, right, but, you know, pretty strong conservative. Well, we we lost those five seats. And so looking, I realized that, oh, my goodness, you know, as far as the PFD, they have probably 13, 14 votes for reducing the PFD in the Senate. So what I realized was, you know, the PFD should no longer be a point of contention in the Senate chamber, because those who want it to redu- reduce it in the Senate had won that battle for this legislative cycle. So if you take that off the table, there you don't have the point of contention, right? And so I started reaching out to my Republican colleagues who I knew had been discussing a uh, bipartisan coalition to make that point. And working with uh, Senator Rob Myers and Senator Mike Schauer, we talked about um, you know how we could come together to pass a budget with these folks because we had heard one of their big sticking points, and actually we'd heard it over the summer in interviews that they were talking about insisting on a, um, a majority that had a binding rule. So now we've got the PFD off the table. Now we have to figure out uh, how, what can we propose that doesn't take us back to an archaic binding rule that has some real eth- ethical questions and real be able to come up with a way to pass a budget and we actually look back at, I reflected back on when I was in the house and the speaker, Mike Schnault, kept a very diverse, uh, I think we were 26, 27 members, and he was speaker eight or 10 years, but he kept a group really diverse. And part of it is is, um, as you decide whether you were coming into the caucus, you agreed on a target amount for the budget. And then if something came up during the course of time that you had to alter that, you spent the time to discuss that until you got consensus. So you didn't come in blindly and hand the co-chairs a blank check. So we made the proposal that we do that, that we actually based on James Kaufman had a spending cap constitutional amendment. He had a spend the same thing in a statute. So we would propose uh, following that, that would keep the operating budget from getting out of hand and proposing that we put the PFD in a separate bill, a small budget bill that would just be the PFD. And um, we proposed that over the phone, voicemails, texts, emails, and um, frankly, what happened is we didn't get a response. And it was right before, uh, shortly before Thanksgiving, the afternoon before Thanksgiving, and we um, understood they were gonna have their press conference on Friday. So here we are at the last minute, you know, I'm getting a phone call, and um, from one of the ones that was um, putting all this together and basically was told they weren't interested in the proposal. And in fact, they didn't even, um, there were not 11 people to come into the room to even have a dialogue about it. And I said, well, we're willing. So who in your eight is not willing? And they um, refused to say, just basically said that um, I could figure it out. There were not, there weren't 11 to come in a room. So they they refused to have a conversation about it. and. Strangely, a few of the of the members I spoke with on the phone and discussed, well, I say I explained the proposal, and um, they listened, but they didn't respond or engage about it, so there was no back and forth like, oh, that would be a good idea, or yeah, I could see how that would work. So there really was not any interest in trying to figure out a way to go forward. It was It was a foregone conclusion that they were going to have a bipartisan coalition, so that that's um all went down last week with that announcement. And you know, it is not fun getting kicked in in the gut right. by your colleagues. It just isn't. It's different um, when, you know it, it, if let let's say there were eleven Democrats that were uh, that were uh, elected and a few Republicans went over to um create a buffer of a majority, that would have been a little bit different. Um, But when you're when you have 11 out of 20 elected, numerically, you've got that majority. And so that's what your expectation is. And I'll just make another point and then be quiet so you can respond. But one of the fascinating things is all other state legislators in 49 states. And I'll throw in there the U.S. House and U.S. Senate. As soon as the numerical advantage by one seat is won by one party, it is automatic that that party will control that chamber. There's not a discussion. There's not not this back and forth horse trading. It is either, you know, if the Democrats get the majority, they control it. If the Republicans get it, they control it. So this started back in the, um, apparently there was a time where it happened in the 60s and the 70s, and the Democrats actually had the numerical advantage then. And it happened a couple of times. I don't have the information of exactly the makeup but then um, in the last 30 years, every time it's happened in the last 30 years, it has been Republicans who have walked away from some of their colleagues and empowered Democrats. So that's what's gone on in the last 30 years. It's been Republicans who've done it. And it is frustrating. It's, you know The House right now is going through the same thing. And I thought, wow, sure would be nice like these other states where you, you, know, you watch the uh, votes come in, And then you just know that it's going to be one party or the other. And there's not the shenanigans going on, these games being played, this big, long, stretched out delay um, that occurs every year. So it's a bad habit that's developed. And um, the Republicans are the ones who had the bad habit in the last 30 years.
2: It's interesting um, because... You know, again, you were guys are again. You were talking about your last-minute reach out and all this kind of stuff, Thanksgiving Day, and and everything that you were doing, and um, and you, then you said it was kind of a foregone conclusion. And I, I, quite honestly, I think this was a foregone conclusion in the spring. Uh, I mean, I was hearing about, uh, I heard all the details of this coalition three weeks before four weeks before they even announced it it was like oh it's done they're just waiting for the yeah. thing i mean it was and and they were not even listening it was like la 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 i can't hear you because we're going to do what we're going to do and um uh, it's just astonishing that that's that that's uh kind of where we're at and the fact that you had legitimate uh a legitimate offer that you know you tried to make compromises you tried to come into the middle and meet with them and and they just had no interest in it and it to me that is the 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 most shocking thing i mean somebody in the chat room just said something like you know it's here we are it's amazing we've elected a full republican majority and the democrats have the majority of the committee assignments they've got control they've got a 9 to 8 uh, majority in the caucus i mean this is a this is a problem that i think is bigger than just in the legislature of what we're happening. And I want to talk about that, but we are up against the break. So we're going to continue here in just a second. Shelly Hughes is our guest. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty-based, free, thick, and radio. Make sure you come check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Show, or you head on over to YouTube and uh, subscribe and ring the bell over there so you get notifications when we go live. We'll return with Shelly Hughes in just a moment.
0: If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes on Demand. Oh, and it's free—like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com.
2: Okay, we're in the break right now. Shelley Hughes is uh, our guest, and um, you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try to. Uh, we're going to try to be calm and collected about this. Uh, I mean, there are some, there are some people in there who, um, I think are, are being pretty joyful. And, uh, again, I don't want to put words in Shelly's mouth, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to call out, uh, some of these folks right now. I will later because I have the ability to do that. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, Shelly and company have got to work with these folks. So, um, and I, and I know I, I, we were laughing the other day because it's, uh, it's a known fact, apparently, in Juno that there are people sitting next to the radio, listening to this broadcast, scribing all the notes on all the things that we're talking about. And uh, if you say one bad thing, it's apparently gets back to everybody about it. And uh, that's a that's a horrific thing. Um, and and it's kind of, honestly quite chilling uh, on kind of the free speech aspect of things. And I don't know if you want to comment on that, uh, Shelley, but uh, I. I do find it irritating from a free speech perspective that you can't that you know people are, are mincing your words or or again uh, twisting what you're saying. I think that that's that's got to be the ultimate in frustration as an elected official.
5: Yeah, because we're not always going to be in agreement with all of our colleagues. I mean, that's that's the nature of representative democracy and the ability to represent each of our districts. So that is to be expected and as I've said before on your show um it's someone that disagrees with me on the PFD, for instance, they have every right in the world to do that. They're supposed to represent their district. And if that's what their constituent wants, they you know they should be free, and that is their right. and I, I respect that. You know, the voters send us here. Um, and that's our job is to be listening to what our district wants. So there you go. So t- talking about d- disagreeing with someone, I, I, I think that is perfectly fine when, I I just had the national news on what's happening with Elon Musk and and Apple um, wanting to take off the app and the impact that would have. Um, You know, we free speech is a cherished right and very fundamental to our nation and to our republic, our constitutional republic. So, hey, you got to protect it.
2: Yeah. And unfortunately, it seems like uh, to some people, free speech is only the speech that they like. Um, that's, that's what it comes down to. I mean, free speech is only speech that they agree with. If it's speech that they don't agree with, it's hate speech or it's, uh, derogatory or it's not decorous or it's, you know, all these, it it violates decorum or, you know, whatever it is. And, and that's the thing we've lost the ability in this country to agree to disagree. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think that is. I think that's shattering, and I think that that has led to the polarization that we're seeing. You can't just look at somebody and say, I agree to disagree, because if you disagree with them, uh, for many people, you immediately become the enemy uh, if you disagree with them. It's not just they're shades of gray or we can find other things that we can agree on. You disagree with them on one thing, you're evil, Uh
5: Hey, and you know the word. You know what the word of the year is? Have you heard what the word of the year is for 2022? According to the um, Merriam-Webster dictionary, it is gaslighting. And um, one of the things I have realized and I've experienced by you know uh, those who are very liberal um, trying to beat up on me is they try to present things like I'm crazy, like I um, I'm really off. What is the current thinking and what is normal, because of what I believe, and um, as those on the right, when you think about it, we haven't really, we haven't, we haven't changed our platform. We have, I am the same I was when I first got elected, and my principles are the same as my parents when I was growing up. So we've kind of stayed steady. It's the left that's gone more left. They don't seem to understand that, and they've they've really moved away. And, you know, they seem to have the microphone right now and are trying to make everybody think that what they believe is normal and good. And everybody that um, is believing these, these steady principles that are good for economic growth and for strong families, strong communities, um, that we are the ones that are nuts. And they're trying to gaslight us. And we yeah. just have to not be intimidated. We have to be bold. And we have to grab that microphone.
2: Uh, Shelly Hughes is our guest. We're about to rejoin the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Mm-hmm. Shelly Hughes is our guest uh, here on the program. Senator from Palmer we're talking uh, we were just talking about the formation of the uh, bipartisan coalition and everything that's going on and uh, again I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble here but uh, Shelley as you pointed out excuse me as you pointed out in every other state in the US Congress and every place else the second that the the the, that a member of a party or that the balance tips in one vote or one seat They automatically take control. Uh, And it seems like the Republicans have got a huge history in this state of circling the wagons and shooting each other. My question is, how much of this do you do you place on the shoulders of the party itself? Um, That, you know, I mean, we've had we've got people who've been censured by their own districts who are then, in fact, receiving money from the party to go back to office, even though they're under censure, we've got people who've been censured by the entire party in the state who have run for office under the banner. Uh, I mean, we, I could just go on and on. Lukewarm responses from the chair of the party about attacks on the Republican-endorsed candidate in a race. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Uh, I mean, how much of this is a internal problem with the Alaskan Republican Party?
5: Well, I'll start by saying um, it's not like the Republican Party, uh, the leadership waltzed in from Washington, D.C. or something like this. We are those of us who are registered. We are the party. And if something's going wrong, it's because not enough of us are involved and and having influence. So I'll, I'll start out by saying that. So there's work there's work to do if someone doesn't agree with what's going on. They need to show up and, you know, we have our local district meetings and um, we're supposed to be for a grassroots bottom up organization, but often there are not precinct chairs serving, for instance. So, you know, we have to take responsibility for it. And one of the things and as we've watched uh, and I don't really know in prior decades whether people were being censored or not. I think of it more something that's been happening in recent years, but one of the things that you can you uh, walk away, you know, you always debrief after an election. One of the things you have to conclude um, based on who got elected that censoring itself doesn't work. If you don't have some kind of consequences or action attached to it, um, it doesn't really work. Um, it's it's necessary if you're going to endorse one Republican over another. Well, yeah, I guess it would be. Actually, no, I think they, they could endorse one without censoring the other. But It should create a clear delineation, but if that's not communicated back in the district to those um, that aren't necessarily engaged, uh, like we are (laughs) following everything, they have to be informed during the campaign cycle, and that's not really happening. So that's a discussion, I think, that um, as a debrief over what happened. Um, I I would like there to be some kind of something that would help. Um, We can say, well, just leave it to the elected officials who are elected, you know, through relationships, trying to figure it out. But it keeps repeating. It's a bad habit that Republicans have developed. I don't care if there are 11 or 12 or even 13 Republicans elected in a 20-person Senate. This habit of trying to figure out if you don't get if you don't get the seat you want, or things aren't going exactly the way you want, then you start um, trying to uh, caucus with Democrats. That's that's a habit that's developed. And I don't know how the party could help with that, but I think they ought to think about it and see if there's a way they could attach um, some action to uh, censoring someone. Uh, Yeah.
2: Uh, One of the things we've just discussed this morning is, you know, the plan. What is the plan moving forward? Right. I mean, for those of us who are smaller government conservatives in the state, Uh, Because it was a little shocking to me, Shelly. I'll be honest with you. It was a little shocking for me to realize that I am now in a minority in this state. I mean, I thought the vast majority of Alaskans, you've talked about the silent majority in the past. I thought the vast majority of Alaskans believed like I did, that, you know, they just want government out of the way, the smallest, most limited government possible, yada, yada, yada. And I have discovered that, no, I'm in a minority here. Um, and part of that plan that we're talking about is, you know, what do we do moving forward? And I think two callers nailed it this morning when they said, look, we got to stop looking back, stop blaming other things, whether it's elections or whatever. we got to stop blaming other things. We've got to look forward to what we want to move forward. But I think you're absolutely right that especially after an election like this, we at least need to have a little after action review to figure out what went wrong so that we could fix it moving forward. Um, and, you know, what what exactly happened? And you mentioned that there were five seats that were critical to the Senate and we lost all five seats. And the question is. Why? Why do you think we lost all five seats? Why do you think that we had the lowest voter turnout? And since they I mean, I don't I haven't seen it from the numbers that they on the actual uh, certification day when they did that. But prior to that, it was basically the lowest turnout since they've been tracking turnouts on a major general election. So. Why? Why do you think that happened? Why did we lose those five seats? Why are more business as usual spend as we go Republicans taking the seats of of, you know, strong proven record, you know, recorded conservatives, why is it happening and how do we reverse it?
5: Well, I think one of the factors was there, there was a lot of uh, um, dark money coming in on the left side. And um, there'll be analysis of that, that we'll see how it was funneled to various candidates and PACs. And I'll just point out too, we're number two in the state as far as union members per capita. And that's a, a ready funding source, and actually troops on the ground to help. So we have we have to uh, face some of those those facts, I think, and we have to learn how to maybe play the game a little bit differently, like the the Democrats um, play it. And um, you know they they did a lot of early voting. They were out there uh, uh, collecting ballots. I understand that there was one race, I don't remember which one it was. Oh, I think it was Forrest Wolf, the House race, where right at the last minute, there were two hundred ballots that came in together, and they pretty I believe they were all for the Democrat. And you know those those were probably ballot harvesting. Well, there's nothing a, a against the law as far as going to an assisted living home or um, uh, going to people at a church or or at some congregate location. And, um, and you know, encouraging people to vote and getting them to fill out their ballots. There's nothing illegal about that. Republicans haven't done that. Conservatives haven't done that. So maybe that's something where we we need to if it, it, it's 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 allowed under the law, and the Democrats are doing it. We maybe need to step up on the plate and start doing those kind of things. So, yeah, there there are a lot of things like that 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 I think we have to analyze as far as differently. And why people didn't show up, I don't know if it was the flood of information that caused people to go numb, where people, I mean, I was hearing just the, the flood of, depending how you're registered is, is the amount of mail you get, right? So if you're just, uh, everybody in your household rent, just rem, uh, registered as a Democrat, you're probably only gonna get things for Democrats and the same thing for Republicans, only Republicans. But if you've got an undeclared, or if you've got a mix, the amount of mail that people were getting was astronomical.
2: I
0: know, and
5: I think there's a, a numbness that that sets in. I think that that's part of it. The Gen Z generation picked up across the nation, and um, I believe it was 70 percent were leaning left. So there's there's um, we've got to have conversations with with young people, and actually they were um, tended actually a few years ago to lean slightly right. Strangely, that younger group. So um yeah and you know back to the organization Michael one of the points that I think is important for people to understand is that 65% of the voters in Alaska cast their vote for a Republican to represent them in the state senate 65% of voters and that indicates that the voters want a right of center um, majority, right? Right. And so for those that crossed over and formed a left of center majority, that's concerning. That's defying what the voters have stated. And I can't think of anything really much more arrogant than that as far as an elected official is ignoring what the voters wishes are. So that's troubling. And I think that's part of this bad habit that's developed in this state um, is w- when we start to ignore what the voters are speaking statewide. So I just wanted to make that point because that's a pretty stunning number. 65% is a very, very strong um, majority. You could use the word overwhelming, I think, when you hit 65%. Yeah,
2: no, I mean, and and I agree. And I think this all stems from uh, what I call the politician's disease, which is the idea that they somehow in their, you know, their their beneficence, beneficence have figured out that they know better than us how the money should be spent. That they know better than you. And really, I think you're even seeing it inside of the legislature. You have certain legislators who believe that their way is the only way and that anybody that disagrees with them is – the enemy and not just wrong, but they basically needs to be shunted to the closet and silenced. And this is really the ultimate of that kind of feeling. And and it, I mean, that's what I'm seeing right now. Uh, we know better than you how you should spend this. We, you're going to get a dividend, the biggest dividend that we can afford. After, of course, we spend all this money on these state services that, you know, and education, of course, is topping the list right now, even though we already spend exponentially ever increasing amounts of money on education and still have the most pitiful results in the country, uh, with no, uh, with you know, with no consequences and no, no, uh, uh, you know, holding to account accountability. Uh, it's it, it's astonishing, but I think this is really at the base of that.
5: Yeah, I, and I agree, Michael. And I just w- want to say, I I made the point. I want to make the point and clear something up because it was in publications and noted uh, across the state the two reasons why we could, the three of us are not in the majority because supposedly we couldn't work well together. And secondly, because we didn't vote for this year's budget. And I mentioned uh, when we first came on that actually it was members of the majority who failed um, to press the yes button on key budget votes. And actually there were some prior years where the three of us did uh, did not press the yes button on some key budget votes, but you have to throw Senator Hoffman in that camp also. So to me, that reason falls apart. So now you look at, oh, they don't work well with others. Well, that one falls apart too, because you can look at some very key things that have have occurred that the conservatives actually led, and we had to work with others to get them through. Case in point, um, the repeal of SB 91, the conservatives led that. I was judiciary chair Senator Schauer was on that committee and carried a, a large amount of the water. Senator Costello was often the spokesperson on the floor. Senator Reinbold was carrying that banner for a, a couple years leading up. And we actually um, led that charge and did it. And then even this year, um, there were various things where we worked with other Republicans and across the aisle as well to um, get needed money for infrastructure that was overlooked um, at the finance table. Uh, for the port of uh, in Anchorage, the port of Nome for national security purposes, for our fast growing area for roads. We also, the sexual assault where we provided a much needed tool to prosecutors to get rapists off the street, um, we worked, it, the conservatives led that and made that happen. That That was dying in both finance committees and we resurrected it on the floor through an amendment and got it passed. So you have to be able to work together to go to get those kind of achievements. The Food and Farm Caucus, uh, I was working with more than half of the legislature, 31 out of 60 were part of that caucus. And we got some ag pieces through the, the most uh, progress I'd say in ag in the whole time I've been serving. So we do work well together is that point. And um, so, what is the reason the reason is our stand on the pfd paired with our um, desire to see overall spending reined in because there are some majority members who are really um, good champions of the pfd bill wilakowski case in point but the difference with us is that we also want to limit spending overall and i think that was the rub And it was that policy disagreement. And I want to say one more thing and then I'll hush up so you can respond, is that um, part of our proposal, as well as putting the PFD in a separate budget and picking a target amount and sticking to it for the operating budget is we were also proposing, um, uh, we gave them a list and said there could be other ideas. And these are other policy I, um, priorities around which we could coalesce, which members of the bipartisan coalition, like I said earlier, they had one of them, um, for instance, reducing healthcare costs. I know that's something Senator Wilson has wanted to do, um, lowering in a tangible way energy costs, that was Senator Bishop. So there were some good things we could have coalesced around.
2: Senator Shelley Hughes is our guest. We're going to continue with her in the next segment. We're going to talk about where we go from here. What does this next session look like? What are we going to be fighting for? We'll be back with more of the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio.
0: What is that?
2: Common Sense. Regularly heard on American radio. Michael Duke Okay, sorry about that. Had to, uh, had to do something real quick. Um, Shelley, let me demystify this for some of the listeners because I think this whole, this whole doesn't <clears throat> doesn't work well with others. Is code for doesn't agree with me. It's code for doesn't believe that the PFD is government's money to spend as they please. That is code for doesn't believe that we need to turn to government for, I mean, again, this is the narrative, right? The only way society can move forward is with the direct benevolent intervention of government, which is, again, code for we've got to have government spending on everything. Because society just can't move forward without that. We couldn't on our own figure it out for ourselves. We need that direct benevolent intervention of government in our lives at every level. And I think that is the code that we're talking about. When you say doesn't work well with others, it means we are principled are taking a stand on certain things and won't do what we want them to do. Am I wrong?
5: Yeah, I I, I think that is. And I think it's the two, two things paired together. The, um, following law on the PFD and limited spending. I think those were the two where there was an agreement. And, um, so here we are. And, you know, um, where do we go here uh, from here? Um, it's going to be interesting. It's interesting session going from being, um, Senate majority leader to, um, getting kicked to the curb and figuring out, uh, you know, what's my new role. And so I've been thinking a lot about that and, and how we can move forward. Yeah.
2: It's, uh, again, to me, it, this this whole thing um, looks like more and more like a temper tantrum. It, it really looks like you didn't want to play with me the, by the rules that I wanted to play with, so we're going to shut you out, and, uh, and then we're going to say it's because you don't play well with others. Even though, again, you just laid out a bunch of stuff. I know Shower was working with people like Chris Tuck on his election integrity bill. I mean, there was a lot of working across the aisles. Rob Myers is probably one of the smartest, most inoffensive people that I've ever met. And yet all of a sudden, Rob Myers doesn't play well with others. And I just like, it's it's insane to hear these kind of this kind of commentary. And unfortunately, the powers that be seem to have the newspapers at their beck and call. And so you can't even get things corrected. Uh, I know they said, well, you didn't vote for the budget last year. Well, no, you did vote for the budget last year. You didn't vote for it the year before. But you also pointed out that there were people who are in the majority now that didn't vote for the budget last year. And yet the paper gets corrected to say not that, you know, throughout the years, several legislators have not voted for the budget. Instead, it was, oh, okay, we'll just change it from this year to last year. They didn't even talk. I mean, there's there's no intellectual honesty, it seems, in a lot of the things that are being discussed right now.
5: Yeah, I guess that's why I'm grateful for, for your show, for the conservative talk shows. I'm grateful for Must Read Alaska. I'm grateful for Alaska Watchmen. Um, the, the, and you know, frankly, as much as we can get things out on social media, because a lot of people don't listen to those show, you know, these shows and, and read these publications. And w- one of the things is uh, Senator Myers has um, done Facebook Lives as Senator Sauer has. And my hashtag for a number of years has been telling it like it is. So we will we will do our best to keep people aware of um, what is happening, and um, and so they can t- decide for themselves as far as what's happening on the floor and with policy and bills. How the House organizes will be huge as far as the end result. And then what kind of stand will the, our governor take? You know, he he will have the ability to. Veto uh, line item in the budget, but also to veto bills. And um, what will what will his he decide to do? It he's in a second term, he doesn't have to worry about um, getting reelected. And so we may see a Dunleavy 2.0 here.
2: Well. Unless his eye is on the prize for something bigger, like a Senate seat or something else. And then, I mean, there's a lot of speculation going. We hashed this out earlier in the week that, you know, what happens? Dun- Dunleavy could be the stumbling block for a bigger government legislature. But the question is, will he? And past performance is indicative of future results. And unfortunately, I have not been encouraged by Dunleavy's actions after that first year. They've all been very you know, uh, it it's all been very go along to get along. You're right. He's in a lame duck. Maybe this is the opportunity, but if he's planning on going to some higher office down the road, maybe he doesn't want to rock the boat or maybe he rocks the boat to try and engage those more conservative people in the state. I don't know. I mean, I really don't. This is all speculation at this point.
5: Well, you know, uh, I'm hoping, hoping it's the latter. And I, you know, I think that I think we will see a difference. And, um, you know, as a a tiny minority in the Senate, we we hope to work with him. We worked with him the last four years consistently and have good relationship. So, um, yeah. And, you know, that baffles me, too, as far as the bipartisan coalition. It's like you're getting off on the starting off on the wrong foot with, with your governor when you do that kind of thing, especially when you ostracize some of the people from his home stomping ground the mat su is kind of an odd thing to do um but it is what it is
2: shelly Hughes, our guest here we go All right. One final segment here this morning with Shelley Hughes, uh, who joins us, Senator from Palmer, part of the new, um, I don't know what you would even call it. It's not a real majority uh, because an official majority, uh, I mean, I guess you could explain this to us, uh, Shelley. an official majority is five uh, or or more, right? That's the official because as three, as five or more, minority. yeah, the minority. I'm sorry. Did I say majority? I meant minority. Uh, the, the, Anything that's five or more, you are, they are required to offer you seats on various committees, but because you're less than five, they don't have to offer you anything. You guys are sitting in your offices, twiddling your thumbs, waiting for something to happen, and you can do stuff on the floor, but that's pretty much it, right?
5: Right, so we're unofficial. Um, I, I will say it looks like we're going to get um, the, the staffing uh, that a minority, uh, an official minority We'll get so that's good news. We're each giving, um, I believe, we're each being given a chair. I'm not a chair, oh, that's wishful thinking. A seat on a committee. So, um, I believe Senator Myers is going to be on the transportation committee, I'm going to be on the education committee, and I believe Senator Shower was offered a state affairs a seat on the state affairs committee. So, we each get one. And when I look back 10 years ago when this happened, um, that was also the pattern, they each got one committee and one finance subcommittee. So we'll probably each get one finance subcommittee as well. And we don't get a press secretary, you know, it's just, you know, e- even the process on the floor when the, you know, minority leader stands up to object or different things, we're not sure how they're going to run the floor when we're, we're on uno- an unofficial majority. I mean, minority. right? Right.
2: Right. Well, <clears throat> so lay out for us what you see, um coming ahead. I mean, now you you know the players. You've been working with them for years. You've seen, you know what they there are some new ones there, but you know the ones that are in control, uh you've worked with them for years, you know what they're uh, what they're about. What do you see coming in this next session specifically or two, but really this next session. What do you see that are things that are going to be the big contentious points? how are you guys going to fight back on it you know what what are we going to do what do we as citizens who are smaller government conservative voters what do we do give us give us give us your take on what you see coming down the road
5: yep part of as all this has come down is for me to figure out you know what is my new role and that's my com- our conversation with Senator Myers and showers you know how do we move forward we we do not have the influence and power Um, Our bills likely will not get any hearings and if they get a courtesy hearing they'll probably just sit in a committee after that and so we understand that we we may be able to do some amendments uh, we're trying to work with others to improve things, perhaps um, on the floor. But um, our our main roles will probably be to be a watchdog, a and then to highlight, use our voices to highlight what's going on, so Alaskans are aware, and so they can weigh in. Maybe if if you know sometimes things just go unnoticed down in Juneau, and so we can bring those things to the Alaskans' attention, and that's that's probably going to be our most important role at this point. The items, Michael, that they're talking about, if you listen to the presser, the press conference that the um, bipartisan coalition had on, on Friday, it looked pretty clear that they're looking at increasing education funding. There was no discussion of any accountability piece with that. It was just increasing the funding. And then the second thing that I think is um, likely going to move, just when I count noses, there are the votes to return to defined benefits for state employees, and I think um, in in the House, I think there probably are two uh, as well because that the although there's 21 Republicans elected, um, I think that that uh, former Speaker Louise Stutz has been supportive of that. I'm not sure, but if she is, then you add her to the Democrats and in, in the 20 Democrats Independents. You're at you're, you know, bingo, you're at 21 there. So between the two bodies, uh, returning to defined benefits is is an interesting one. You know, is that a bill that the governor might veto if it comes through? Is it I'm I'm sure it's one that's going to be discussed. I don't think the governor wants to take us down that path. There's potential. The cost to that is great. I will say um, my understanding is Senator Stedman does not support that. Um, I, I'm hoping that he can help stop it. But the numbers in in the Senate, I think there are more than 11 supporting it. So I'm not sure if he will be able to stop it. And the way the Finance Committee, and you've maybe discussed this on your show, but it's unique in that the Senate Finance Committee will have three co-chairs. So Senator Stedman will be um, over the operating budget. Senator Hoffman over the capital budget and Senator Donnie Olson over the bills coming through. So Senator, for instance, Senator Stedman wouldn't be able to stop a bill. Senator Olson can, um, can, can hear the bill. He'll be making those decisions.
2: Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting to watch. And that's, uh, you know, that that's my big concern, of course, because the return to defined benefits opens the floodgates up for more of that liability that we've talked about in the past. And of course they're going to start it with just, first responders and maybe you know maybe they'll add teachers in but it could then eventually go back to the whole state and this is a problem that we've been facing for years that we're still we still have a multi-billion dollar unfunded liability from the first go around and they'll say oh we've learned we've learned don't worry it'll all be fine uh but we know that defined benefits plans as a general rule don't work anywhere in the country and in fact have been abandoned in most places um final thoughts here down to the last two and a half minutes here the formation of the House, do you have any, I mean, you just mentioned it, Louise Stutz, she has consistently jumped on to the Democratic side of the fence. Um, it's a thin majority right now, 21. Uh, if the Jennifer Armstrong case gets challenged, if that gets, we'll see what happens there. They, don't, they only have a couple more days to where they can challenge that. I know we're waiting on the Eastman thing. Where do you think the House ends up at? And then final thoughts here as we wrapped up.
5: Well, and also the Liz Vasquez—I don't know if she's going to refile any kind of thing. These these court cases are expensive, and uh, we don't. There's no legal fund on the conservative side for some of these. But the Liz Vasquez race is one um, that maybe you mentioned the Eastman, and then the Tom McKay, the recount. So there's three of them in play. So I think until those matters settle, or at least two of the three settle, you're not going to see any movement. So they're going to have to sit tight. Is my guess. One, one of the things of, uh, about the um, Republicans compared to a couple of years ago, I think they're more bonded. Um, you know, the group that that are coming back, they're unified and they've um, really worked tightly during the campaign season. So even the new ones are um, getting more bonded. I think they maybe were a bit all over the map a couple of years ago. So that's an advantage. The other advantage that I think may be happening is that the Democrats, some of the Democrats that were elected are more to the left, so they're more AOC types of Democrats. We have the same thing happen in the Senate, by the way. Significant shift to the left among the Democrats and the Republicans. But you know, some of the somebody like Josiah, Pacatok, he's he's actually from a pretty conservative family. I'm not sure he really wants to be right. in a, right. um, a majority with some that are so extremely left. So that might be to their advantage. So we'll see.
2: Shelly Hughes, uh, thank you for coming on board. We appreciate it. Uh, good luck in this exercise and frustration. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be uh, interesting, to say the least. Folks, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for coming on board. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Be kind, love one another, live well. All right, Shelly, two minutes here. i give you the final thoughts here on this because, uh, you know, this is – the, what, the ideal would be that we do get a Republican majority in the House, and then it kind of creates that gridlock, which is good for Alaskans. Uh, harder on you guys for sure, but <clears throat> you know that, that would be the ultimate. If not, if they end up with a bipartisan coalition in the House, then it's up to the governor. And as I stated earlier, I, I'm not encouraged by his past behavior. I mean, I would like to see that he could be the stumbling block. He could do a lot of those things. But I just don't know if he will. And, of course, he hasn't come on the program in months. And, and well, I mean, I'd love to talk to him about it, but we just don't know where he's going to go. So I'll give you a chance to recap and final thoughts and everything else. The floor is yours.
5: Well, thank you, Um I want to say hello to all the people that are monitoring us from perhaps the bipartisan coalition, some of the staff. Because I knew, like you said, you're pretty popular, Michael. They they watch, so I just thought I'd say hi. And
2: by by popular, you keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. I think hated was the word that you thought, but that's okay. Go ahead.
5: Yeah, Um, yeah. So um, moving forward, there are a lot of unknowns, but one of the things is that the more engaged people are, the better you know when I, when i look ahead at, at you know and i've been one about talking you got to wake up the sleeping giant um the silent majority i still believe even though the legislature has is very purple right now that i don't think the the populace is at this point that i think that we ha- we aren't as deep red as we used to be because by virtue of the expansion of medicaid one out of 3 is on medicaid and I think I, I cannot, I remember hearing a statistic that there's a certain percentage, as you add people to to Medicaid, a certain percentage of those people will become really great Democrat voters. And so that's happened here. And with Biden's suppression of resource development in our state, we've lost private sector folks who tend to be Republican. So we've got that working against us, but I really think when you've got low v- voter turnout, Um, that we're not really getting a good cross cut of who is here. And I think that, you know, as people become more informed and, you know, by the way, low information voters are not stupid. They're just busy. And so part of the task is to make sure that people are aware of um, how, how going to the polls or not going to the polls impacts them at the ground level as far as their families. So that's one of our tasks is, to, to make sure people are aware of that um, over the next two years and try to get some of those folks engaged. And um, yeah, and then like we said earlier, learning to play the game a little bit differently, I think that will be important. But um, yeah, it's gonna be an interesting couple of years, Michael, and um, we're, we're we're buckling up for the ride.
2: Uh, folks, there's 50 of you here in the chat room, and of course all the problems we have with Facebook today uh, paints the picture as to why, if you're not subscribed to this YouTube channel, you should be. Subscribe and ring the bell uh, before I let you go. Subscribe and ring the bell so that you get notifications when we go live, and if uh, Facebook crashes like it did this morning, then you'll be all set to go because you can just go over to YouTube. So please subscribe and ring the bell before you leave this morning. Shelly Hughes. Thanks. Um, I mean, I, 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 I have hope? Question mark uh, for the upcoming session. I don't know what's going on, but we're not going to stop what we're doing. We're going to keep going. We're going to, uh, we're, you know, we're going to keep fighting the fight. Uh, I just hope that uh, I hope that you guys uh, stay strong and and are able to avoid the the frustration that I expect you're going to be handed here this next year.
5: Thank you, Michael.
2: It's always good to talk with you. Thank you so much, folks. We're out of time for today. The Michael Duke Show continues tomorrow, 6 a.m. Be here. Again, don't forget, subscribe, ring the bell, and uh, get notifications on YouTube. Common Sense, Liberty Bay's Free Thinking Radio. We'll see you tomorrow, The Michael Duke Show.